Hello, and welcome to our Secular Sponsor Speaker Series. Each week, we hear from an Overeaters Anonymous member who has obtained and maintained abstinence without God and has served as a sponsor to other members. The series also provides opportunities for secular OA members who don't have a sponsor or are interested in exposure to a variety of points of view to learn from the experiences of others. We encourage everyone to sponsor others up to the level of their own recovery or to use these tools with each other as peers. If you're willing to sponsor to work as a peer, please post a message at oasecularforum at gmail.com. For additional information about abstinence without God, go to secularovereaters.org. And now, let's hear from this week's Secular OA sponsor. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive eater. Um, I am thrilled to be here. Hello to everyone um, to talk about relationships and recovery. So I'm going to talk about some different things, how I think about doing steps eight and nine, and also how I think it's a basis for for deeper recovery. I'm going to start by reading both steps eight and nine. And I did mark these. Okay, step eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So there's two steps, each of which has two parts. So you have four things to do in total. And if you look at these literally, um, it focuses on harms that we have done to people. And it's sort of like the, the classic interpretation is other people, but I'm a person too, so I'll come back to that. So, so my, my translation, how I think about this, is this is basically about identifying where in the past I've screwed up and hurt others. And fixing that. But then (laughs) it's also basically about identifying patterns in my relationships with people that aren't serving me well and that I will be better off if I can change. So the first thing is to, you know, identify where I've harmed people. The some of the work you've done in step four that I've done in step four, inventorying resentments and fears and things may be useful or it may require starting a new list and then recognizing where I've actually inflicted harm of some sort takes some willingness. And then the, that's sort of like making a list of all persons we did harm, but then be being willing to make amends to them all. This is not a black and white process. And for me and for others, it, it involves a lot of forgiveness. It, this is a lot of compassion, a lot of sort of, growth in my understanding of how we are in the world. So, and I'll give some examples in a bit, but I want to just sort of lay out a little a couple of things first. So I've discovered for myself that I sometimes have to forgive someone else for the harm they have done me, right? I have to recognize, yeah, I've been harmed maybe by that, right? But that's not what this is about. This is about giving me freedom, right? So I'm not doing steps eight and nine for the other people, 
I'm doing it for me so that I can be healed and whole and go forward in my life, not burdened by some stuff from the past, right? So, you know, I, I have a better life if I forgive other people and if I'm not carrying around resentment. So there's a part of like me having to forgive them potentially, having compassion for them because they're also injured because they didn't know any better, whatever, right? Um, they did the best they can. A lot of really important ideas. But then I've discovered that for me, I often need to forgive myself for, in my own mind, for screwing up, for not taking care of myself, not setting my boundaries, not doing this, right? For letting myself be harmed in whatever way. Or for some other aspect of something, for making a mistake. I have to forgive myself. So this is not a black and white process. I don't just like, you know, say, okay, on my to-do list today is forgive myself and on my to-do list for days forgive someone else right there's stuff on there right writing praying talking to others feeling love affirming things like bunches of stuff but so I forgive myself forgive them I'm willing to do to make some sort of amends and then step nine is making the demand so I have to figure out what I'm going to do then I actually have to like gather the means for doing it right there's like actual footwork and then I have to do it, right? There has to be that moment of opportunity if it's a one-time thing. And if it's, if I'm changing a pattern in my life, I need to do that over and over and over and over again. So it's not like a one and done thing. And even if it, even if there is a one-time action, then I still have, what do I learn from it? So to stop being sort of theoretical about it, let me give you some examples. So when I was first in program, um, the first time I went through this process, it was a while ago. And the most obvious and ones for me to understand where I owed an amends were financial. Um, I had shoplifted a bunch, not a ton, but, you know, I'd shoplifted. This was not, you know, like the Rachel I wanted to be. And it was also illegal, right? So I'd committed a crime. And so this was when I'd lived in a particular area in Massachusetts. And so I did my best to come up with a list of stores where I had shoplifted and I sent them money. I don't think I explained why, right? But I was like, okay, here's a check, whatever. And, and then I also had stolen, essentially it's stolen a folding footstool from my college. It was bright orange, it had wood, right? And I, so it was like, you know, shit, I have to, I have to own up to this. I wrote them a letter and said, dear college, you know, when I, left when I graduated and left I took this item with me and I don't have it anymore um, but I think its value was about x and so here's a check for for that amount and I was like really not interested in sending a letter to my college about this right I wanted to be you know I'm a good person right I did not want I really 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 did not want to send them a letter but I did and they wrote back a very nice letter and said, thank you for letting us know and, you know, for the check and, you know, go on, have a rest, nice rest of the life. And of course, being my college, they have continued to treat me as an alum and a source of funds. And, you know, it's made no difference to anything there. But it did help me feel better, right? It, both of those actions helped me feel better. And then there have been more complicated things. One time or not, I made actually very recently an amends to somebody that I had um, had a business engagement with, and I had not been fully honest with them about something they had done. We'd had some conversations, and then I started talking to some other people, and I didn't talk to them. And 
it just didn't feel right, but I wasn't up front. And so actually over the Christmas break, uh, the, the winter holidays, which I, I went and got together with them, had a short conversation and said, you know, look, I, I wasn't fully honest with you in this circumstance. And, and I'm sorry for the emotional complications that that created in our relationship. And the woman was like, uh, that was, she, she hadn't particularly noticed anything. She was very nice. She said, oh, sure, happy to keep working with you. And, and I felt better. I mean, I felt weird a bit, like telling someone I had been a bit of a schmuck. But, but, but I didn't have to hide it anymore. Now I can go. My goal was I wanted to be able to see her and look her in the eye. I didn't want to be dodging back and feeling I had to avoid her. And now I get to do that. I get to say, hey, hi, good to see you. I get to be warm and smile. And she's going to be warm to me because she's a lovely person. So I get, I had to work through something. I mean, it'd been a year and a half since this had happened, but you know, it, it was, it, it's been helpful for me. That's just a couple of examples. My, in my own personal life, um, I have ongoing issues. I try to avoid having to make amends for, but I sometimes screw up. Um, I can be sharp at people or impatient I sometimes screw up. I sometimes speak, speak to people impatiently. I was very frustrated at a person who'd called me last week from a medical office to say, you know, we have to ask you these COVID-related questions to make sure you're safe to come to our medical office. And I was in the middle of a meeting and I was very short. And I am, <laughs> I just like, I really was short. I was rude. And so I called her back 10 minutes later after I got out of my meeting and said, I'm sorry. Look, I just am sorry. I was pressured. I was in the middle of something. It was an awful time for me, but I shouldn't have treated you that way. I am sorry. And she was like, oh, I understand. And yes, do please come in for your appointment tomorrow afternoon. So, you know, I wish I were better at this, right? I don't wish to be impatient at people. I don't wish to, you know, behave in that way, but I do sometimes. And that's my reality. I am working on it. I do. Sometimes I'm, I do take as I do stop. I pause. And often I can say, you know, let me, let me get back to you or something. Um, but not always. So, so that's, that's trying to behave differently is what we call a living amends. And, um, and it, and so when I've noticed a pattern about how I behave to people and I'm hurtful, then I, as a pattern, I try to change that pattern of behavior. So um, just to share a few more thoughts in my remaining approximately three minutes, um, sort of like the overall arc of a step eight and nine work is identifying a harm, having a vision of what to do, discovering resistance inside of me. No, I don't want to forgive that person. No, I don't want to give them money. No, I don't want to apologize. Right. Right. Discovering the resistance and working through it because in the end, this really does help me. The, the deepening, the ways that this is a good model but gives me so much more is in a couple different ways. So first, I can do this not just on harm, where I've harmed somebody, but on where I want to improve a relationship. So like, okay, so I have decent relationships with some people, but it could be better. You know, I could be closer to my family if I'm more open and honest and vulnerable, right? I can, you know, make more time to be considerate and just you know, just sort of chatty with my colleagues at work, right? I can bring something positive to a relationship that is whatever it is. You know, I'm trying to be more available for my mom. 
because she's going through some difficult times. So I can, I can use this process of identifying and working through and practicing in, in more instances with other people. I can do this with me. This isn't maybe the most important piece of all, the, my relationship with myself. Am I, if I have a habit of being critical at myself, or even if it's not a regular thing, but a sometimes thing, you know, I don't want to be, I'm harming myself if I'm critical of myself, right? It, I mean, it's fine to say, yes, Rachel, you made a mistake. You can do better. Let's see if I can do this differently another time. But to say, you know, you're useless or you're not valuable or I hate you or you're a schmuck, any of that stuff, or how could you, how could you have done that again? Right? That's not helpful. It's not loving. It's not kind. Right? If I am nice to myself and take care of myself emotionally, then I'm just much better able to show up and be nice to the rest of you. <laughs> and I'm happier. Right? So, and that's where the healing is. Right? This is a, a lot of the gift of this program is recognizing that I have been really down on myself and that I get to feel better about me. I do. It's, it's, so that's been important. Another, just to mention a couple other things, um, my relationship with the unknown or things I don't control, this is getting into spiritual stuff. Some people might call it my relationship with my higher power, but it's, you know, that's my conception of higher power. But that's in some ways a relationship, whatever it is, um, or even if there's nothing, but there's just like, there's lots of things in this world I don't control. Right. I am I'm much more at ease in unknowing, in uncertainty, in things that used to be sources of fear. Right. So my relationship with all that I don't know and all that I don't control um, has really changed. And there's I do footwork around that. And since that is my timer, I'm going to stop. I hope that you have found something helpful in what I've had to share. Would some, somebody willing to volunteer to be a sponsee for five minutes and get the benefit of a wonderful uh, sponsor. I'm going to suggest, I don't know where you are with your um, relationship and recovery. How do you think about steps eight and nine, but I would love to listen to you for a couple of minutes and I will share some, some thoughts, but, but I would like to listen to you first. I've been in the program a long time, 30 plus years, never had a sponsor never did things the way you're supposed to do, was coping mostly with so much self-hatred and self-loathing that I didn't really have very much time to think about people outside of me. Um, I got into AA first, and I had very clear understandings of ways that I'd hurt people during my drinking. But I, and I did to the best of my ability as I could, made amends, but I didn't do it the right way. I didn't do it having done a fourth, fifth, sixth step. So I'm not sure <clears throat> how my men's, how genuine they were. <clears throat> I think the other day in another group, we read this step. And I got hit very, very hard by the awareness of, as has been dawning on me gradually, that in my isolation and my self-hatred, I hurt I may have hurt a lot of people I didn't realize I was hurting by not recognizing or responding to just with the friendship of collegiality on jobs. I never knew how to do small talk. I was told I wasn't a team player. 
So I spent most of my time feeling angry and horrible about myself. And it's only lately that I've begun to recover some of the happier memories in my life and to recognize ways in which I hurt my mother. She was a very difficult person, but I really did hurt her badly, I know now. It's too late now. And I, I don't really still fully understand because how, how I, I know how I hurt one of my brothers during drunken rages, but I don't really understand ways in which I've hurt other members of my family. I've done the best I could for them, with them, visiting them. I, I don't in many ways feel like I understand how to do this step in a way that isn't just groveling or trying to make some kind of mass apology to the universe for all the ways I failed in being a human being. So I would be interested in your thoughts about this. Thank you so much for, for sharing some of that with me. It sounds like you are really trying right now to figure this out, right? You had done some work in AA, but now you're thinking maybe that wasn't really meaningful or didn't really work and you're having more recent awarenesses. I heard you talk a lot about your family, your mother, your brother, your other people in your family, but also about friends and colleagues who you may have heard as well, right? And you're sort of trying to figure out, well, what do I do now? And I guess, <laughs> what would I say? So it sounds like there are some things that are more clear than others and, some, and you have some different groupings. So a possible way to start would be, and I'm not saying this is the way you have to do it, right? But you might list out on paper with some space amongst them, like your family members, mother, brother, whatever else, you know, I'm gonna mother, brother, other whatever, and so I'd have some space. And then maybe I'd have another piece of paper and I'd write down names of friends and colleagues that I feel I might've hurt. And I would start writing things. You know, you said, you know, you've hurt your mother. There might be specific things that you did, or there might be, it might be just like something like, you know, I just never wanted to see her. She always kept calling me and I never wanted to talk to her, even though sometimes I didn't, I deeply resented it, right? I mean, so there might be a pattern, right? But all the stuff that you have that you feel bad about, that you know, or that you wonder might be weight or things you wonder, you know, maybe did I hurt my colleagues by not going out to lunch with them? Did I hurt them by, you know, not returning their phone calls? Did I hurt them by always multitasking when they were talking to me? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just, you know, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I, I tend to like really focus on, phone calls but sometimes I multitask and then I feel like maybe I shouldn't have done that right so I'm like you know or, uh, one thing that people do is like well where do I know I treated someone in a way that if they did that to me I wouldn't have liked it I'm going to just say like for starting to figure this out you know the fourth step is called an inventory but but in a way the eighth step is an inventory as well made a list of all those people and you don't have to know everything right now so the list includes maybes and then you get to, you know, think them through and work them through and talk them through with your sponsor. 
I just wanted to say, I think that my self-hatred went so deep that I couldn't really think very much about how I might have hurt somebody else. And that's changed a lot in the last few years. And I can't really say I love myself, but I'm being much more aware of the outside world and the people in it. So I'm going to share one last thought before Jim takes us back to the next step, which is that I'm a big believer in this. I would put yourself on a third page mm. and write all the ways in which maybe you have harmed yourself. Right. That's Ooh. going to be a big list. <laughs> Thank you. Any questions for our wonderful sponsor? Susan, go ahead. You're the first one in. Hi, my name is Susan. I'm in New York and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I, hi, I have a question about how I interact with my daughter, who's an adult. We live together. She's 24, uh, 23. And um, I've turned her from the time she was very young, I've turned her into my eating buddy. And um, she lost about 60 pounds due to, a, due to a health problem that she had about a year and a half ago. And I don't want her to gain the weight back, but I still find her and myself very much in the mix in this, what are we going to eat tonight? And getting takeout food all the time and... Um, you know, it's a little bit of a, it's, it makes me feel very bad that I owe her an amends. And I feel like it would just be words if I, if I said it to her, I have to change my behavior. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what the question is. It sounds like you feel you've done something her to her that makes, I, I don't quite understand this. The I feel like I've. I've, throughout the years, I've turned her into my eating buddy. You've extended your disease to her somehow. Yes, and that, and that we go out, that we're so excited about going out to eat together, and that, you know, all, we order so much takeout, and it's just all about food. Yeah, so that's actually, I'm going to just share a couple thoughts, right, but, um, that sounds like a really important relationship for you. And there's a lot there. Um, so it sounds like you, I would, I would suggest that you give some more thought to and explore for yourself. What would uh, a healthier relationship be like? And what might be some other things besides food that you might want to have in your relationship? That's part of it, but also for you, I mean, you want to have a healthy relationship for yourself around food. And I don't hear that yet. And then there's all this stuff about your responsibility for your daughter or, or lack of it. Right. And so there's a basic principle that we're responsible for ourselves. We're not responsible for what other people do. Right. We may have influence over it, but she's on her own path. And so, um, I mean, as her mother, you obviously had some role, and so maybe you do owe her an amends. But you're right, it's partly words, but it's also partly action. So what would having a healthy relationship with her now look like? And you may not know that right now, right? Um, 
I, I have to negotiate dinner every day with my boyfriend when we're together, right? So it's, but but that's the, I think the, the question I would ask at the moment is what would a healthy relationship look like? And maybe talk to other people who have kids, who have daughters, husbands, family members, how, you know, what's been their experience in going from a more enmeshed relationship to, to greater clarity? Thank you. Not an easy thing, but, you know, it's a really important relationship. So I hope that you have some success on that path. Oh, Vinnie, I'm sorry. I have your hand up. Uh, thank you. Uh, Vinnie recovered in North Carolina. Um, you know, I, I, I keep coming back to the, you know, the liking ourselves or loving ourselves. Um, that didn't come to me right away after, you know, doing amends and so forth. Um, it came to me more when I took the time to really delve into my, my feelings, um, you know, really look at my past, look at who I am, look, look at myself in reality, not in my disease. And then I found that, you know, my true self had always been the same. You know, I haven't changed who I am. I'm, I'm exactly the same person I always was. However, I have changed my view of the world around me. Um, I, I give it, you know, I give it its own autonomy. <laughs> um, and, and, and I'm able to see, you know, the things in me that, that people did like, and I like them too. And um, so it's worth it to me to, you know, to keep, keep myself healthy and, you know, keep aware of, of what my place is. Um, and I guess this is not a question, but, how, uh, or maybe, you know, just it, are, are there other ways that we can learn to forgive ourselves and by that? you know, um, love ourselves, I pass. So my, my quick thought on that is that I have learned to develop compassion for myself, to recognize that I faced some really difficult stuff, whatever it was, it was difficult for me and I didn't know how to handle it. And so I did some things that were better or worse and I had to recognize I I was in a tough spot and I tried to do something and so that has helped me have compassion for my younger self my hurting self and for other people thank you for joining us today to hear recordings of other speakers in this series visit secularovereaters.org and while you are there please consider making a donation to support our work